and welcome back to Lex Talk Music. Thank you for the amazing response to the third episode and I hope it continues with all the upcoming episodes given the interesting people I've planned on featuring here. So today's episode is a little extra special because my guest is someone I've known for a while and also her work has constantly inspired me to do more. We not only share the same law school, we also share the same passion for the creative industry. Now without further delay, let me introduce my guest for today's episode. She is the founder of Artistic License, a legal and business consultancy for artists and creative professionals and has worked with India's most keenly watched independent musicians and illustrators. She is co-creator Contracts for Creators, a digital tool created to empower the creative community in India and also kickstarted a very interesting project that was featured in some prestigious publications for creative professionals called Coffee for Contracts, which I will let her elaborate on a little more during our chat today. She's been invited to speak at trade markets such as Womex, IOMMA, Indie Earth Exchange, as well as the UNESCO Capacity Building Workshop. I've had the pleasure of being acquainted with her for about 15 years now, and I'm so happy to have her with me on today's episode. Welcome to Lex Talk Music, Manognya, and thank you for taking the time out to chat with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Sandhya. <laughs> How have you been coping with uh, the COVID situation? <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> I feel like that's like a, like a, like a big question <laughs> with like a Catch humble 20. answer. Yeah. yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, um, you know, actually pretty well in the sense that, uh, you know, especially personally speaking, Hmm. I've been so I'm speaking to you from uh, my home in Hyderabad okay. and um, I shuttle between Hyderabad and Bangalore pretty regularly but hmm. um, I'm I'm gonna say that I'm luckily in Hyderabad because I'm basically here with my family and, yeah uh, yeah and we're all safe and sound which is honestly a lot to be thankful for right now I know I completely agree yeah yeah so I feel like from 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 that side um, it's nice to be, you know, in, in a safe environment. Of course, um, you know, one has their ups and downs. I think we've all, we're all experiencing those ups and downs, um, because it is such a unique, unprecedented yeah. situation. I know, I know. I think we've all been watching so many Hollywood movies and preparing for all these, you know, massive apocalypse, zombie apocalypse, and not, nothing a, still prepared us for this, right? No, absolutely not. Uh, my cardio is terrible, so I will not be able to outrun any, any, uh, you know, any, any zombies who, you know, because two schools of thought, if we're looking at the, the slow paced zombies, I've got some, you know, I'm okay. But if it's, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not set, but I'm okay. But if it's, you know, these like hyper vigilant, you know, hyper aware, you know, zombies. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not even gonna, like, I <laughs> am going to just, you know, become, see if they need any legal support. I'm just gonna switch over. Like, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I've been <laughs> binge watching Walking Dead and, you know, thinking, okay, maybe I'm honing my survival skills with all of absolutely, this. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. This is, this is exactly what I think we're all, we're all, like, we are consuming. And, you know, that's the thing, the, the media uh, that's being sort of supplied to us also. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Like I know, every, right? every other day there's like a new disaster movie yeah. A, yeah so it's uh yeah it's it's like they're just we're being conditioned to be you know i know yeah and i <laughs> and i think uh it's also been i mean imagine the amount we've consumed in the last like two months imagine if we didn't have a netflix if we didn't have access to all this entertainment how would we have like spent time right like 
and uh, it's just i'm i'm grateful that we have all of that to watch so even oh, though it's absolutely. conditioning us for all of this but no no <laughs> absolutely absolutely i feel like um you know i feel like this this sort of reminds me of this um you know this tweet um that's kind of been i think it's a tweet but it's kind of been like doing mm. the rounds became a meme it's been on instagram where basically um you know people sort of say that you that we ought to be thankful to artists and creators right now because yeah they've literally given us the things you know the resources the tools like just to allow us to escape i know you know I, so, yeah. i seriously that, that, i mean i was just i was having this discussion the other day as well like amount of music i've been listening to the last two months the amount of netflix i have streamed i mean <laughs> it's just i can't imagine a time before all of this, this you know true. what yeah. we have done so. what, yeah absolutely 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 so 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 definitely like art saves the day yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> anyway so i'm going to dive right in um yes, i want i mean i i'm kind of aware of your journey uh but i want the listeners to know a little more about artistic license how it began and how it's evolved and how old you are today in terms of like how how many years has it been since artistic license of course of course um so as um as of i think sometime last week mm-hmm. um artistic license is 7 years old so wow. yeah so so my baby is 7 years old i know <laughs> so yeah and i think i think the fact that i've chosen to sort of call it my baby itself is indicative of my relationship with it it is um it is sort of a a a, a practice i suppose that i've uh, you know i've sort of built with a lot of again ups and downs mm. and um, it's very beloved because it um, has really shaped the kind of uh, person that i am today because it's mm. really given me the opportunity to meet so many interesting people yeah who yeah who just taught me so much and across disciplines which is what's been really really interesting mm. um So seven years ago, <laughs> um, <laughs> sitting at a dining table uh, okay. in yeah in and I was uh, uh, this is dining table in my house somewhere in Bangalore at that okay. point uh, is pretty much when I uh, pressed publish on uh, uh, this WordPress uh, post basically and okay. that's that's sort of like officially when when it just you know I sort of declared to the internet that. Uh, artistic licenses here <laughs> um but basically it all started off honestly as a blog um and it started off as a as a wordpress blog and um the intention at that point was to create a repository of um legal information mm. that would be accessible to the people who i felt actually needed it so it was the whole idea was to create this easy to understand um you know easy to access uh, legal information copyright information about um uh, you know everything related to the to the artistic and creative scene particularly like the independent mm-hmm. arts and it was meant for people who were actually working in this space so for all the independent artists and musicians and the like and um, that's how it started to be very honest mm-hmm. it started really innocently because i uh, I think a week before that is when I sort of woke up. So I seem to I'm actually not a very impulsive person but somehow I, I think the best decisions yeah. happen on an impulse too. Yeah, I think so. I think so yeah. because the I mean I didn't really overthink this. So I think there's mm. a lot of value in what you're what you just said. Mm. And I literally remember I sort of 
became very aware of how I wanted to engage with the arts in a way that also drew on whatever legal um, experience I had and whatever legal interest I had. Mm. So of course the blog uh, started and then almost I would say a month or so into, um, you know, sort of curating the blog and writing for the blog is when I increasingly started getting approached by um, artists who wanted me to help them out with their legal issues. Okay. So, so it all happened rather organically. So I don't think it was unexpected. Now in retrospect, I feel like, um, you know, it, it seemed like a good way to start off a consultancy, so to say. But what I really, really liked um, was that the start was organic. And I feel like yeah. the book has also been steady okay. and organic for the same reason. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I mean, and I, I like how, you know, you just it's just something that you went with, you know, your gut and started something which you genuinely believed and you were interested in. And I think those are the best products that come out there. You know, it comes out of passion and true interest. Absolutely. And yeah. um, I think, I mean, I understand you have a master's degree in entertainment law from UCLA. Mm -hmm. So was that, was that before this happened right before artistic license. So did that have any uh, impact on your decision to set up artistic license and what what's the difference in approach you have seen in the indie music scene there and here? I think those are two completely separate questions. So you can, you know, answer that one after the other. Thank you. No, but <laughs> I, I also understand why sort of one question would, would flow from the other because in many ways you are absolutely correct. There there was um, a huge impact. So mm. um, as you as you sort of mentioned right now, I did do my master's prior to starting artistic license, and mm. in many many ways it laid um, it laid the foundation for all of this even before I was aware of you know exactly what was happening. Um, mm. So, I mean, if I were to sort of go back in time, of course, you know this. Um, mm -hmm. I graduated from Nalsar. Okay. <laughs> and yay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, of course, following that, um, I joined um, a corporate law firm. I, you know, I sort of spent some time there. I honestly didn't even last like a year. I, I yeah, it just, it wasn't for me. I realized. I feel I don't you. <laughs> Exactly. I feel like I don't have to explain myself to you here. So yeah. You but yeah, I think that over there, honestly, it was it was just not um, it wasn't the right match. Mm. And interestingly enough, I think when you are put in situations of discomfort, that's also when you start sort of grow. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it was definitely that kind, that was exactly what it was for me. So I had always known that I wanted to do a master's. I kind of knew that I wanted to uh, do something in the area of um, art and music in particular, because I, I grew up with a lot of uh, love for music. Mm. And um, I think that it was honestly at that point in time that I, I sort of stumbled on the idea of, oh, okay, entertainment law and you know, I mean, I was fortunate enough to be accepted into uh, UCLA Law for their entertainment mm. media and IP program, mm. and um, and it was um, it was just uh, life changing in so many so many ways. Yeah, um, I think it started off honestly. I mean, of course, like uh, uh, the UCLA uh, Law School, and then specifically this program, it has uh, just a uh, like an amazing mm -hmm. alumni it has um, mm. a program that's just so specifically designed to learn about how this industry works and it's yeah. in the heart of Hollywood 
yeah. you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think as a result, I was sort of introduced to how this works. And then I had the opportunity to start looking at it from the inside out, which was, um, which was all very um, overwhelming, <laughs> to be very yeah, honest. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, of course, uh, you know, I was sort of like, by this time, I definitely had... Um, a lot of friends who were already uh, independent artists and musicians back here in India. Mm-hmm. So I already, you know, I mean, I I went there sort of with a lot of um, at least basic understanding of what was going on. Yeah. But I think a lot of that just sort of got put into a very different context, you know, based on the kind of, um, you know, teaching, the kind of um, exposure, the kind of conversations that were happening over there. Mm-hmm. and. Um, Honestly, the seed for, I think, artistic license. Again, like I said, I think that if you sort of go back in time, mm. you see the patterns. Yeah. yeah at yeah. that point, you have no idea. So I think the seed for artistic license was kind of sown when I was um, in the middle of actually putting together um, um, a paper on mm. uh, digital sampling. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, and, and how it sort of works in India and like the Indian electronic music scene. And then, uh-huh. yeah. So I mean, really interesting. It, it definitely, definitely was. I still think it's, um, I don't know if it was like now, especially now when I think back, I don't know how good a paper it was as such, but it was definitely, again, you know, something that uh, was, is very beloved. Yeah. But, um, but that's the thing. That's also when I realized that I couldn't find a lot of information. Mm. Um, so I honestly, I ended up finishing the paper because I knew the right people to ask here in India, India you know, yeah. and at that point, I remember constantly thinking that if I find it difficult, you know, I mean, I've been to law school once already, mm. you know? <laughs> it's like we did it already once. Yeah. And then, you know, in spite of that, in spite of being, you know, having access to so many resources and tools, I mm. can't find specific information. Mm. You know? I just kept thinking how, it, like, what what is going on with the people who are actually in the industry, you know, like, who actually need to know what a copyright is, like, does right. a musician know what a copyright is? I know. Yeah, yeah. So, I think, um, I think that seed sort of started there. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I, I feel like, I don't know if I've answered both your questions now, or if I've only, like, if I've only just begun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it kind of leads into the next one, in the sense mm-hmm. that, so you you did have an idea of how the Indian indie scene looked like, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm assuming that over there you had access to the indie scene over there. You would have at least had a chance to interact with people who are from the indie scene there. Absolutely. And yeah. now, since you have been here for the past seven years, in comparison to what you saw there and here, what was that difference like? Mm, right. So um, I think if if we have to sort of, uh, you know, understand the difference between the independent music scene in the US and then the independent music scene in India, I mean, I, I, I don't think that that distinction still holds for now, because I definitely think that um, artists that we see in the music scene today mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, a lot more sophisticated and a lot more aware of their rights. And this is true of you know, regardless of whether you're an established independent musician, so to say, who's, you know, right. two or three EPs down, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, you're a student at one of the music schools in the country, and you're learning to, you know, become a full-time musician, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still feel like back then, uh, I feel, and I, 
and I do think that that's still true. I feel like in the US, the independent music community is just a lot more self-aware. They understand yeah. that what they're doing is very legitimate, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an independent musician doesn't um, doubt themselves uh, in terms of, you know, um, their professional choice yeah. as much as I think a lot of uh, a lot of us do in the independent um, music scene here yeah, yeah yeah and that's true for all the stakeholders i think that's true for independent labels that's true for managers who choose to work with independent artists mm. um and one thing that that really stuck out to me even back then uh, so back like you know in, in in the early 2000s so to say yeah. was um that people just were a lot more aware of their rights they knew what uh, you know what what simple things meant they understood what recoupment was yeah. they understood you know like they understood the terminology they understood what it meant to you know have a masters how yeah. it was yeah. you know and unfortunately at that time in india we were still struggling with what is a copyright i know you know i have a copy i think they still are to a certain extent yeah it's definitely still there exactly mm. exactly i definitely i feel like that's reduced like i was mentioning earlier i definitely yeah. think it's reduced in the last 2 to 3 years yes definitely um, there's yeah. been an increase in awareness for sure exactly exactly and that points to an optimistic you know future like i'm anyway i'm quite the optimistic so i always try to look for that's great thing. we yeah. need more optimists in this industry for sure i think so i think so i believe that as well but yeah i feel like honestly that's been like the big difference you know and yeah. i think i was also wondering about you know the the overall so like for example in india we have there's like a music industry that revolves around the film industry and there's a music mm-hmm. industry that's outside it completely so the yeah. association of indie with all non film music regardless of whether it's associated with the label or not as opposed to uh, you know in the states where an indie music means music that is not associated with the label yeah yeah like because they don't have the culture of like bollywood music there, so absolutely there's no film music like yeah. there's no music that's made for film as such over there it's just like background score where Correct. you know yeah. you'll have a hans zimmer doing something but most Correct. of the songs yeah. are licensed to to exactly. films right so yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely how do you think uh, i i think that also kind of um affects the mentality behind how people perceive indie music here right so oh absolutely is yeah. in terms of like remuneration and the kind of success that they have and absolutely because absolutely. of which it affects the legal rights and everything so i i don't know i mean what is in in that context what is the biggest problem that you faced uh, or that you've come across uh, as a lawyer supporting indie musicians mm-hmm. and legally speaking and otherwise and do you think we need a change in this mindset mm-hmm. so i feel like i mean i i definitely do agree with you in the sense that we we do and i feel like um, you know this is something that you completely understand as well you know with your background really, mm-hmm. with you know working with um, a lot of people in the independent scene mm-hmm. um that basically there is uh, you know there isn't just one music industry in our country yeah you know? um yeah. which is definitely the difference uh, the a big difference because like you rightly mentioned in a lot of other countries uh, the music industry is different from the film industry mm. um but 
with us here in india we have like a very strong music industry that's associated with our film industry whether that's bollywood or any of its of course you know any of the regional sort of film um you know industries like tollywood and the like as well you know yeah and like you said there is a distinction between non film music and film music in india and as a result absolutely there's been a different uh, attitude with which uh, musicians in these two sort of industries are treated mm-hmm. um i feel like overarchingly i feel like one of the it is a bit of a sweeping statement but i i do stand by it to a large extent i really don't think that a lot of the um you know legal amendments so to say that have been made mm-hmm. um really stand to benefit uh, independent independent musicians as such yeah because it's not you know they were not really um instituted anyway keeping in mind what independent musicians are encountering exactly you know yeah yeah and the thing is that it is the thing that nobody really wants to talk about mm. and th- there are two reasons for that also i suppose i think one because honestly uh, we as an independent sector were not very good at finding representation in conversations like this yeah and um and also i think it's you know i mean at the end of the day we are talking about uh, a different power dynamic as well correct you know i mean the law is going to be influenced by uh, the more powerful yeah. aspect of the industry yeah um, and you know and right now that's what it is you know i mean the movie uh, musicians who work with the movie industry mm. have a different set of interests and those might be uh, captured a lot more Mm-hmm. uh then you know your non film sort of independent musicians i think that that's definitely there yeah there's a big difference between the two so going back to what you said about representation like for example each of these industries i know for a fact that tamil nadu has a union for cine musicians Correct. so these are all yeah. music directors and lyricists no i don't think not lyricists but music directors and sessions artists basically ha huh. composers so, i think composers and yeah. uh, yeah. composers and session artists so you could Correct. be an instrumentalist and also be part of the scene absolutely does it make sense to have something like this for indie musicians and in what context would this union come into play like would it mm. be negotiating with a venue getting payments done on time uh, licensing a track to an ott you know like how i i just want to hear your thoughts on it absolutely no no absolutely i think that see i feel like unionization is a big thing and uh, honestly something that uh, if we can like if it's done properly then it can achieve so much mm. you know and we've seen that in in so many different contexts um especially in the entertainment sector and i feel like it is a good idea to explore unionization on what scale is something that we'll have to figure out mm. but i definitely do think that it makes sense to have uh you know some kind of um, union or collective for independent artists because there is a lot of power in collective bargaining and collective representation yeah. yeah you know and there's no way we can kid ourselves about that anymore because yeah. i feel like one of the earliest um issues that i've sort of found in the independent uh, music scene is that every scene Mm. is somehow disconnected to the other you know yeah. so your scene in bangalore doesn't know what's happening what's happening in bombay yeah. yeah which is like and bombay is a completely different creature unto itself <laughs> you know yeah. and then like you know and and that has you know and in calcutta like you know nobody even like you know sort of like that's no venues there oh, that's the big problem 
exactly you know and that's the thing like when the only time uh, i realized a lot of artists would uh, think about what was happening in a different city is mm. when they were putting a tour together yeah and that's the only time when they're like oh okay so can you maybe connect me to these venues to those venues etc etc you know mm -hmm. and the thing is i still feel like that like i said like i feel like that was true for a few years ago definitely in the last couple of years i think uh thanks to some good uh managers and uh you know mm. um you know maybe even a couple of like really really proactive artists mm. i feel like we are seeing less of these and we're seeing more artists who understand that the indie scene is a pan india scene yeah um but i still feel like there is a lot more that we can do together because we're still very disconnected we still don't know um you know what uh, venues are available like you mentioned in a particular city we don't know the standard rates in specific cities mm -hmm. we don't know the standard rates even in non live events you know and as yeah. a result that leads to a lot of undercutting a lot of exploitation because yeah. you know because whoever is sort of working with an independent musician understands that they are probably not uh you know part of a community that really talks to each other so yeah. we can really really fix that i feel with, with a union. union yeah yeah because but it has to be done properly that's definitely yeah, yeah because there's an entire procedure that goes behind even absolutely. setting up a union absolutely yeah i've yeah. been approached by a couple of musicians and people who are part of uh, record labels also mm -hmm. uh even un to understand you know whether this is something that can be done and i, I know that they are interested and i hope they're listening to this because this is not something that can happen overnight but this absolutely. is something which yeah. should be worked on and absolutely absolutely especially standardization like this yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. especially at a time like this i mean i feel like this is uh, you know especially at a time like this there's a lot of talk for instance because we've been seeing a lot of this especially outside india there are a lot of countries that are providing economic stimulus packages even to people yeah. you know in the arts and culture space so creative <coughs> and cultural practitioners also you know yeah. and there is talk now um of uh, you know at least there's talk i don't know what it will lead to but there's talk about you know helping the film industry in india you know <laughs> and exactly you know and yeah. and what i will admire at least to some extent about this is that there is a lot of emphasis on um, you know people who are generally known as below the line right so a lot mm -hmm. of your technicians the technicians and, yeah exactly yeah. you know which which is all which is all wonderful if that conversation goes somewhere that would be lovely yeah. but um, similarly if we are in a position to collect ourselves and collect our thoughts also you know mm -hmm. there is a possibility then for us to sort of put forth our thoughts also in a in a way that actually makes sense because i feel like that's the number one issue we all have problems there's no doubt about it we all want to fix those problems but we lack the um we lack the structure i think which a lot of um you know sort of industry uh associations have at this point so yeah. we definitely are at a disadvantage there but one that like you rightly mentioned you know it it is necessary to overcome it but it will take time but it is possible that's yeah. the thing exactly yeah. it is possible so yeah and i think the other thing which i was also you know thinking about in terms of this about the indie industry as such mm -hmm. and now given that we have you know people players like cd baby and believe having mm -hmm. official presence in india mm -hmm. the relevance of record labels to the indie industry specifically yeah. Mm -hmm. and um they i i know they have to work a lot harder now to prove mm -hmm. 
the value at at a certain level and yeah. what are the things that an artist an indie artist has to look out for when they're looking uh at associating with a record label whether it's them approaching the label or vice versa Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that I I do agree with you. I think that it it is um, definitely a situation now where uh, a lot of labels are showing you know more of an active interest in independent musicians. Mm. Um, again, over there also it and it, it gets a bit more interesting because now you have independent labels who have also yeah. started the conversation. You have yeah. powerful independent labels like for example like an Azadi, mm. you know. who are doing like some really really uh, fantastic work because they are really representing um you know a different subculture so to say mm-hmm. you know so i think that um again that's the thing i feel like um, the thing about being an independent artist who wants to sign up with a label is that you have to be extremely conscious i think about where your Uh, rights are going you know yeah. like what what rights you're willing to sort of give up because mm. the traditional record deal has always wanted everything mm. you, know, you give us all your rights for like you know a period of say 10 years or whatever and mm. we call the shots on everything that you do mm. which can obviously feel very stifling to an artist today mm. because um you know it it goes back to who you're working with if you're working with an with a label that truly understands your music mm. and understands how to position and promote your music yeah. you know then you're definitely in a very good uh, position mm. but if maybe you are working with some of the traditional bigger labels mm. you know i'm not sure if honestly if that's the best fit for you mm. if you are having a conversation with somebody who doesn't necessarily understand where your music fits into the larger scheme of things yeah yeah and then you're sitting and giving up say your rights over not just your masters you're giving up your rights on you know any kind of publishing mm. um which anyway you know i mean again i'm on uh, i'm i'm divided about because i don't know how uh structure our publishing sort of environment is in india to be very very it isn't yeah exactly i feel like efforts are being made but you know mm. we we've still got a long way to go mm. um but even that aside you know suppose you're giving up all your rights in you know especially uh, your new media and digital sort of rights you know mm. depending on on what uh, you know your your platforms basically and your mediums that extend beyond what we understand as traditional yeah. Yeah. you know you're giving up so much potentially to somebody who doesn't necessarily understand so i feel like checking out what rights and what mediums you're giving up things for is something very very important to understand mm. um i think something else also to sort of look at through your agreement would be how uh, often your approval is actually going to be sought mm. when yeah which you know obviously that's the thing i mean ultimately i don't think I think a fair deal is one where um, the artist is going to be involved as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the thing I think an artist should make a very informed decision of whether or not they want to go ahead with a deal like that if their approval is not being sought wherever they think is necessary, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I think again from a very very practical point of view I mean this is like an old school thing but uh, labels tend to want to sign you up for album cycles. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, but maybe you as an indie artist would prefer a time cycle because if you if things aren't really working out, you know, you can get out faster. So faster, yeah. yeah, so the difference basically between an album cycle and a time cycle is that a time cycle will say you know one year, year, two year, three years exactly, but an album cycle obliges you to stick around with somebody for as long as you have finished Then, one or two albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and we all know that it is that could not, take yeah forever. Years, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. so and and the other thing which i have come across is i've had these you know young artists people who've just come out of college they've just started working on their new ep and they're just like you know i want to pitch my music to a record label i mm. want to do this i want to start out with a record label yeah and i i don't know somehow i think in today's day and age i think it's it's always easier to have the upper hand to have the music out and then get picked by a record label as opposed to approaching a record label without anything to show you know that has something yeah. out yeah and yeah. Uh, i think it's easier for them to get uh, into a bad deal if they do something like that absolutely absolutely and i think it's also just as important to emphasize the fact that signing up with a label doesn't mean you've made it mm. you know? yeah i mean there are so many self uh, sort of self managed self published self administered yeah. <laughs> independent like artists who are independent to the to, name yeah. independent you know to yeah. the core and yeah. they are doing so well yeah so i think that that's the that's the other thing also i feel like uh you know it's important to understand why you want to put music out yeah. and then who your audience is where do they live Mm. you know like which platforms are they on and for this maybe you don't need a label maybe you need uh, you know a manager or a pr person or mm. you know somebody yeah. else so i think it's important that artists also sort of uh, and not just artists i think even we as mentors as well like we also sort of embrace the fact that there are other innovative ways to do yeah. business you know? yeah. there are more stakeholders than what we what we used to yeah so yeah and but in that in that same context mm-hmm. so how do record labels stay relevant in a situation like this because it's it makes things that much tougher right like how right. Yeah. in this digital era where you know you don't really have physical records being sold anymore so how what what position how do they position themselves is it it's not just as uh, producing an album but promoting it and the kind of investment that they have in an artist so how how do they stay relevant So I think that honestly it it boils down to it it really does boil down to how well they understand the market uh, that they want to you know for the artists that they're representing you know mm-hmm. uh so and of course see legally speaking I think that uh, and you know maybe maybe I am a little biased because I I do tend to be very creative first um mm. I largely represent yeah. creators and artists and musicians basically so I'm usually on this side of the table and then the label will be on the other side yeah you know which uh, which already you know it definitely does influence the way in which i i articulate things and i and i think about things mm. but i do believe that labels need to start um being a lot more um interactive with their artists in the sense that it's not just about okay we've signed them on and now we're done so mm. like you said they do have to do a certain amount of work mm. to have them on board mm. and in terms of relevance i think that I mean we 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 kind of saw this a few years ago and I feel like maybe the term never stuck but that yeah. is kind of what it is but I mean we've been seeing 360 deals in all different kinds of forms yeah. anyway you oh, know <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and the thing is I feel like I mean I'm not 
that I feel like a 360 deal again will work if you have somebody who understands what they're doing. Yeah. Know? Because if you, for example, if you've signed on somebody who, you know, primarily performs a lot of jazz, mm. you know, and, you know, I don't know, electro pop jazz or something, and then you sort of throw them into a completely different market, you know, and mm. promote them to something and push, push, push. And I mean, I don't know if that's something that's going to work. work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing is that even listeners are, I mean, audiences are so much more aware and sophisticated. Yeah. You know? Like we actually don't, um, you know, and I'm somebody who genuinely enjoys a lot of pop music. Yeah, but, same here. Yeah. I mean, I listen to everything, like from exactly, Tamil yeah. to, to Bollywood to jazz I, to rock yeah, to yeah, I, it's good music for me. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, but that's the thing, you know, I mean, I won't listen to something just because, you know, somebody has asked me to do it. Like something mm. has to click. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. personal, right? So absolutely, absolutely. And and I, I think so. that's also like, for example, uh, there was this. Uh, I had read something about how John Mayer mm-hmm. kind of lost his way in the middle because his label got him to sing stuff. He got him. They got him into a genre which he it wasn't his style at all. Yeah, he yeah. Completely disappeared from the scene because of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, I think he started singing country or something. It wasn't his scene at all. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that we've seen that with so many artists, like, unfortunately, labels have earned a pretty bad reputation over the years also, because yeah. they have been intrusive. You know? yeah. They've definitely been intrusive. Like, I believe um, the same thing happened with um, artists like, uh, do you remember years ago, there was this young, this young um, pop singer who went by the name of Jojo? Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh God, he, yeah. You remember yeah. Jojo? That's great. Yeah, absolutely. He used to. He he had like sunglasses. I I know that he used to wear sunglasses in his videos. That's uh yeah. I I, I maybe we're actually getting them confused. I I wonder about that. Um, you're talking about the Indian guy, right? I am talking about no. I'm talking about this uh this young girl uh who uh was basically like an uh, like an American pop artist. Like okay, she was, like, you're talking about fourteen or whatever. Movie. Yeah, well, yeah, that's there was, an, there was an Indian pop artist called Jojo, by the way. That's also crazy. That's also crazy. My goodness. Okay, yeah. so I must know about the Indian pop artist from you. Yeah. Um, but I'll send you uh, Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> On a side note, of course. But um, with this particular, um, you know, with this girl, basically, she sort of erupted on the pop scene. She was, you know, she was a whatever, like a very great. Uh, like she was really good, great as yeah. it, but mm-hmm. she was really good. She was a really good vocalist. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, she just suddenly like uh, disappeared, you know, because like all of a sudden she was gone. And mm-hmm. the thing is that now she's kind of become very public about the fact that her label actually was the reason why she didn't get a chance because she signed on to a big label. Oh, and they purposely sort of kept delaying. And see, she was signed on probably for album cycles. Mm. You know? And yeah. they never let her release her albums because yeah. they had other artists on their roster that they wanted to push. Oh, God, yeah. that's the worst yeah. when they do that. It's exactly. Just, and she it's just finally, a bad like, fate. Exactly, exactly. And then her contract finally broke and now she's sort of trying to make a comeback. And it's a good, like, you know, I mean, I heard JoJo when I was 15, you know, so... Uh, it has been 15 years, at least. <laughs> and with that, now we I all will, know how old you are. Yeah, where I, at least that's that's where I leave things up for the mystery. <laughs> but no, I I do feel like um, 
I feel like labels have to sort of reinvent themselves as well. Yeah, yeah. What are you offering to the artists that the artists can't do themselves now? I know, That's and I know a lot of people come up with you know we'll push you into playlists, we'll you know do this, we'll we'll uh, you know promote you on yeah. all these other private playlists. But then I realized I know people, I know musicians myself who have done it completely DIY. Absolutely. And they have gotten themselves on Spotify playlists and Apple playlists and on sheer like talent, sheer talent. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I think that's the thing, you know. I mean, first of all, there's nothing beats organic growth. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It, you know. Um, yeah. And and I feel like that's especially something that needs to be reiterated in this like social media heavy, you know, age mm-hmm. of promotion because you can buy promotion, but it won't. It it just won't be the same as organic growth at the yeah. end of the day, and like you rightly mentioned, there are a lot of artists who have, um, you know, who are very talented and who have also educated themselves on what works. You mm. know, yeah, you know, they've they've really learned uh, how to understand who their audiences are, mm. you know, where their audiences want to listen to them. For example, just because uh, you know somebody, just because there are artists who do really well on YouTube, doesn't mean that every artist. Is going to do well on YouTube. Yeah, you know, That's and it's important. It's very important, and I feel like the reason why this is important also to understand is because, as you know, a lot of this gets actually captured as well. You know, mm. in a in a deal. Because mm. this is what I meant when I was talking about you know sort of other mediums as well. You know, other yeah. mediums where how you control where a release happens. Yeah. You know where that promotion happens, and I feel like all of this needs to like there needs to be a lot more uh, homework and a lot yeah. more imagining, especially now. Yeah. So, um, so now in this, given that you mentioned contracts, I want, I want, I'm, I'm curious about coffee for contracts. I know <laughs> what it is. I think, uh, and it's a great uh, campaign. You know, like I think it's amazing that they're doing something like that. And I want to know. I want to understand what exactly you you're doing with it, and how often do you have it, mm-hmm. and uh, who are you targeting? Who are the people who can come and approach you for this coffee for contracts? Mm-hmm. So it it started off honestly mm-hmm. on a on a on another very hot summer afternoon <laughs> in Hyderabad, and okay. uh, yeah, I I think uh, the heat must have done something. <laughs> But um, <laughs> no, but it was honestly um, one thing that sort of uh, is very, very important to me, which I hope to continue to bring into my work also with artistic licenses. Accessibility. It's mm-hmm. a very, very important thing to me because um, I always want to make sure that um, you know I make uh, services or information as accessible as they can be. You know, deem and and even when it comes to, I think this is definitely true for the kind of um, uh, you know contracts that come out. The you know whatever work that I'm sort of involved in, I I try to keep the language as direct and simple as possible mm. because you know again as as you know Sandhya, we don't need complicated language to convey yeah. something. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Yeah, we we don't need that at all. It's like just a fifteen-page contract for something that can be done yeah. free. Yeah, absolutely. There's no need. There's really no need to get super verbose about stuff. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like when it comes to accessibility, of course, there's so many different things that one has to keep in mind. And one of the one of the things that I've always questioned is why artists don't find, especially independent artists, why are they so hesitant to seek legal counsel? Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I wondered was, is it, you know, economic accessibility? Because, yeah, for sure. Right. And it is. It definitely is. It is a hundred percent. It absolutely is because you know. I mean, seeking specialized counsel of any kind, mm. you know, legal or otherwise, obviously costs you money. And of course, you know, I I did wonder whether that was a hindrance or some kind. Mm. So I literally thought to myself, okay, so what if that was taken out of the equation? Mm. Then what would what would happen? You know, mm. I mean, would would people sort of be a bit more receptive? Would we finally be able to like actually identify other issues? Um, so honestly that's kind of what made me think of um of coffee for contracts as a project um i literally put out a call i think this is in uh, july of uh, it's a two year old project so i think this is uh, in the month of july and what i basically sort of put out there to the community was that if you are an if you are an artist or a creative professional mm-hmm. um you know then if you shared your um you know if you had any kind of legal query or you had a contract or you had you know anything that sort of you know rights oriented any kind of legal concern that you had and you would like to share it with me you know um, of course in confidence so the entire month of july um then i would be happy to have you know basically have a look at it you know help them with it basically mm-hmm. help you with it all in exchange for a cup of coffee um <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so of course it's because i wanted coffee obviously that's what all this is <laughs> there might be law firms will be like manobnya you are undercutting us how dare you absolutely we charge I, 45 lakhs for that yeah but so then i better be a very good cup of coffee <laughs> no but, but i i think the response like honestly for me also it was a because our work is also just as meaningful when we learn more about what the community is about yeah to. exactly yeah. and and of course sandha i mean again you know i'm sure that you will agree with me on this there's not a lot of dialogue that takes place between the creative community and you know say an entertainment lawyer or an ip lawyer again yeah. because of so many different things because of money because of you know sometimes unfortunately people feel like they aren't allowed to ask us questions i know, you know? that's so yeah. sad too it is it is especially like i feel like people like us because we're more than happy to like yeah. we're happy to answer questions if they'll answer our questions yeah you know? and yeah. i mean but one thing which is uh, i mean google research versus mm-hmm. x number yeah. of years of practice please yeah give yeah. us some sure. credit absolutely <laughs> no absolutely i agree i agree and i feel like that's also something that people need to understand you know i mean yeah. even um because uh you know even if it's whether it's coffee for contracts or whether it's cuz i i also really um enjoy teaching and doing a lot of workshops as well mm-hmm. and i feel like even with those also like i'm happy to share what i know yeah but i still feel like it's important for people to understand that this is not the same as hiring me as a full time lawyer for that yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. because obviously as you rightly mentioned there is a lot of knowledge in you know investment that even i'll bring yeah and going from my experience sorry fact that effort that you've spent and absolutely. that the absolutely. fact that you've been doing this for uh, you know the past 7 to 8 years absolutely the kind of experience absolutely. that you have comes absolutely. at the cost i mean i'm not i'm saying as an enabler there are certain things that you should value from our absolutely. side as well absolutely i mean i think this is the reason why even with coffee for contracts also i i do sort of provide a disclaimer i sort of yeah. say that look folks i'll do like a preliminary thing for you yeah and 
if you'd like and you know it's an opportunity for them also you know yeah. if they feel like oh, okay talking to a lawyer isn't so bad yeah actually like engage them so there've yeah. been some conversions i would yeah. say that every person i've spoken to has converted yeah. which i'm completely happy with mm-hmm. um some people have converted into uh, long term clients which has been wonderful mm-hmm. um some people have just become great uh, industry associates companies. yeah absolutely because even i now have somebody to ask questions you know yeah, yeah. and like get answers from you know? so it it was a, honestly it was really motivated from this idea of you know i'd like to meet new people in the scene mm. yeah. well that's uh, that i thought that was an exceptionally brilliant idea i was just oh, like she gets free coffee and <laughs> yes. these contacts yeah and so, some people have been super sweet huh? i mean some people like uh, have sweetened me coffee <laughs> i'm like you know <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, like you said, the kind of people that I've met, you know, the kind of work that I've done with them and for them, it's just been I've learned so much. And yeah. also, being married to a musician makes things. I, I'm seeing things from a very different perspective because of you know course, I'm seeing yeah. that life day to day right. and the kind of. the interaction with other musicians the problems that they face Absolutely. and having that access to that industry knowing how that industry works from the artist perspective mm-hmm. uh, also i think it helps me understand what they're looking for from in in a in a better light absolutely absolutely i think the intentions are also very different when you're a musician who is um putting your music out there versus being commissioned to work on a project yeah versus maybe somebody you know who is uh, part of a you know part of the industry so to say mm. the film industry so to say mm. so you're allowed to be a part of all three yeah. but uh, but we all have to acknowledge that everybody has different motivations and intentions behind each of them yeah, yeah. so i mean what do you what is your like what advice do you have for you know both musicians and for lawyers who are looking to get into this to the music industry because we we have realized that this is a niche practice area but there have been a lot of people who are actually expressing interest and i want to tell them you know as much as i want to encourage you to get into this yeah. don't rely on it as your only source of income because mm-hmm. it doesn't pay as much i mean mm-hmm. it's a different thing working with the um industry so to say like the entertainment industry where you're working with large labels that's great mm-hmm. i mean if they if they do pay you on time you're lucky mm-hmm. i think and this is a conversation that i had with priyanka as well but mm-hmm. the entertainment industry as such for lawyers isn't such it's not like a very high revenue mm-hmm. uh, source but it's there's so much of work it's a niche area and there's so much of opportunity over there so Absolutely. what is your you know what what would your advice be to you know young upcoming lawyers mm okay and um, also musicians by the way <laughs> of course of course so i think i think i will actually maybe start off with um um lawyers and law students i suppose who are very interested um mm. in getting into this space because i agree with you i think that that's been the most fascinating thing um because um back when i came like back when i started artistic license which is 2013 mm-hmm. um 
I would have to listen to really bad jokes like, "Oh, you're an entertainment lawyer. Are you entertaining?" Ha 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 ha. Oh God. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't talk to those people anymore. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yes, I have. Uh, yeah, I've definitely Brené Browned myself and like you know, like drawn my boundaries, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like honestly, I think that. what you did mention is correct in the sense that it is an area where there is a lot of opportunity to um do a lot of good work mm. um i think that honestly i feel like the thing about something like entertainment law is that you have to be aware of what you're getting into and who you yeah. want to work with you know yeah, yeah. so as you said you know i mean if you're working with the industry or you're working in a firm then your um you know your revenue is going to look very different undoubtedly mm-hmm. um but your the nature of your work will also look very different mm-hmm. you know and obviously along with that the the kind of sort of work culture that you have etc will also look very different mm-hmm. um i feel like when you're working with independent artists in the independent community so i've been fortunate enough um to say that uh, for the most part Mm-hmm. uh money has not been uh an issue for me but i must qualify that statement also by saying that my overheads are something that i keep to the bare minimum and i've done that very very consciously mm-hmm. because i have not wanted to transfer those costs to my clients mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so um and i think that that's important for for young lawyers to know you know because uh, for example artistic licenses you know it's super duper streamlined i you know pretty much work with other consultants um on a case to case basis i do not have an office uh, mm. which i am very very happy about i really really yeah i mean even uh pre all of this i was a big uh advocate of home offices um and i actually do work much better in a home office so i have a home office in hyderabad i work out of a home office in bangalore as well so you've been uh, WFH before this whole thing. oh yeah before it was called WFH oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah when it was just called oh you're working from home okay must <laughs> be so nice yeah no <laughs> so yeah i think that those are important things to understand because we also tend to equate uh, entertainment law with uh, you know being a very glamorous thing and it's not always you know it, it's, it's not just, at all <laughs> yeah exactly because at the end of the day we're not trying to be celebrities we're trying to be the lawyers Yeah, and so, being representing people, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and it's the same thing even for for you know if you are working in the independent space as well. I mean, you might you might have gotten interested in this because you are artistically inclined or creatively yeah. inclined, yeah. but then you have to remember that if you want to be a good lawyer for an artist, then you yeah. have to be their lawyer. You can't be their manager. You yeah. can't be their backup singer. You know. <laughs> You can't be. You know, Who's the backup singer, Manubhya? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, want to know. I mean, I don't know what era my brain is like stuck in, but yeah, clearly, clearly, I've betrayed some of my interests. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this is also important. You know, yeah, like you yeah. sort of, yeah, and and then make intelligent choices. Um, you know, when it comes to the. have have good expectations. Like set your yeah, expectations. Set your expectations. Yeah, yeah, like I've definitely. Um, I've definitely benefited from that um and honestly that also has happened because like you rightly mentioned uh you know I've taken the time I've put in the time mm. you know so I've put in the time I've really um you know understood and learned a lot from a lot of freelance musicians in the mm. community in the scene mm. so I not only understand what their price points are 
mm. you know but i also understand what their needs are you know i understand um who is collaborating with who and why this is you know of interest um so i feel like choose your lane like pick your lane and then try and sort of uh, learn on the job definitely take an active and maybe even get a masters i i'm one of those few people i say few people because unfortunately i don't think a lot of people feel like they benefited from their masters but i am definitely one of those people who genuinely like i i'm so yeah. grateful for having done my masters because it really influenced and impacted the way i do things but yeah. i think that that's the thing like don't get into it because it's like glamorous and sexy because it's not yeah <laughs> I mean it's not just about yeah because people think that you know and and I also realized that uh, they 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 look at it in a very different light in terms of yeah. how people perceive entertainment lawyers here as opposed yeah. to how people perceive entertainment lawyers abroad yeah uh, two yeah. completely different uh, I mean the buckets I think because there the attorneys are at the top of the chain in the yes, exactly. nothing happens without them signing off here Correct. getting the artist to get comfortable with lawyers itself is a big deal but i think yeah. like you said uh, things are changing and Absolutely. i there's Absolutely. a huge opportunity here people are Absolutely. talking about things Absolutely. and with uh, lovely people like yourself spreading oh. awareness <laughs> i think it's just it's just a matter of time yeah yeah i'm very grateful to the internet for that Oh absolutely absolutely like i said i mean i feel like uh, especially in the last couple of years i mean i've been uh, working on some really really interesting um, deals some really interesting projects mm. uh, because uh, it, it's it's something else when you represent a creator and on the other side is a label or a mm. much much bigger artist um you know or uh, you know a really big software company for example you know so and the interesting thing is that these are people who are looking to collaborate or commission work uh so it is a very different uh, it is a very different uh uh it's been very interesting to say the least like i'm really really uh, yeah yeah and i'm i'm smiling now because <laughs> i'm genuinely looking forward to what uh you know what the future sort of holds because i think it's actually quite promising okay. um i think coming back to musicians though because that is something that you asked me as well like mm. what i would sort of suggest for them i think that one one very fundamental thing that independent musicians need to start off with is uh which we could learn maybe from the industry mm. is um to get comfortable talking about money yeah i think that that's where we should start on the scene yeah exactly once you once that clarity has been achieved you automatically start understanding that you're worth this much that your time is worth this much that your rights are worth this much and that's when we can really start playing you know that's mm. when we can we can get into the game so to say um yeah i think industry people should be a lot more welcoming of innovation yeah this is kind of stuck in the dark ages i know that is this whole formula music i mean yeah. i'm not saying that formula music is bad i understand yeah. the logic yeah. but it's just yeah. stop doing this remake of 90 songs no like yeah yeah I mean, there are so many creative musicians and eclectic style and talent the so much yeah. give them I feel a chance like I feel like this is where a lot of the OTTs have been disrupted yeah, because exactly. they've sort of yeah they've stepped in and now yeah. suddenly they want independent musicians yeah. to compose for yeah, them yeah yeah, yeah so yeah yeah and uh, again 
because of these otts the the musicians are slowly also you know getting aware on getting aware of these contracts that are coming absolutely. and they want to know what what are the rights that they're giving away absolutely i definitely like to recommend that you know don't be penny wise and pound foolish like absolutely yeah just because yeah. you're going that for that 75000 that you're getting for that song don't give away your you know absolutely, all yeah. right to that song like you absolutely. have you need to retain a few things and it's always i mean since we have now people know that okay there are a few people talking about this they have that awareness that, okay there is something called moral rights there is something yeah, called yeah. you know derivative works so it's yeah. it's good i'm glad that conversation has started absolutely absolutely i totally agree with you there mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. yeah thank you so much i think that brings us to the end of today's episode but it's been <laughs> we need to have this conversation even otherwise there's so much to connect absolutely absolutely and you know nasa's stories to swap yes oh my goodness i feel like we should have a completely different maybe we don't make that one public but yeah 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 but we just have our conversation just our conversations on you nasa goss of course of course and so um thank you all so much for tuning in if any of you want to have a further chat with manongya reach out to me or you can check her out on her website artisticlicense.org uh thank you so much for tuning in that's all for today